In your opinion. Mm-hmm. How you doing, bud? Living the dream, buddy. Yeah? Mm-hmm. A little early for you? Super dad? That's my grandfather's mug. Aw. Mm-hmm. This is my this is my grandfather's shirt. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Hello, and thank you very much for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can download many more episodes at movieguyspodcast.podbean.com. Jordan has never seen planes, trains, and automobiles. I don't even know. You know, like when somebody says, I've never seen Jaws, but they know, like, the da-da, right, or whatever? Mm-hmm. Of course. I don't even, I don't even know... Um, the zeitgeist of this, I guess, if you will. I have, I am, I wanted this completely cold. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I, am I the only one that has seen this movie beforehand? Because yeah. you said you didn't, and Sarah also says that that she has not seen this movie. You guys, mm-hmm. obviously, you have seen many other John Hughes movies, but this mm-hmm. is one that just kind of fell under it. I, I, Sarah, were you excited to see this or knew about it at all? Um, I'd heard about it before. We'd actually talked about it. My gosh, a while ago when I was trying to come up with what is a Thanksgiving movie? You know, you Mm. have Halloween movies, you have Christmas movies. What's a a Thanksgiving movie? Mm -hmm. And uh, Eric, you had mentioned planes, trains, and automobiles. And so that was really my only context for this movie. And I've probably stayed away from it because, controversial opinion, I don't love John Candy. Uh, And so I've just, I've never seen it before. Um, But, you know, I went in cold as well. Uh, But, you know, five minutes into the movie, we checked it out from the library and sat down and watched it on DVD. And um, Eric asked, you know, do you know what this movie's about? And I'm like, well, based on what I see on the cover, you know, it's the straight-laced guy, it's the goofy guy trying to get somewhere, and shenanigans occur. Right. The end. I mean, it's pretty obvious. It's a pretty straightforward story. Um, but it was it was fun. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised you said library and not book depository. That's what I say. <sighs> Jordan. Hey, Kevin Bacon was in this movie. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. What yeah. was he randomly doing as a no-line New York City? I mean, like, was this was this pre-fame? No, it wasn't. This was after fame. Yeah, this is definitely after. Uh, he's just taking the role. I don't know if this was a favor to John that he was doing, or if he was just right place, right time doing the doing the cameo. He's gotcha. credited as Taxi Racer. That's that's funny that he's in this. No, um, uh, for me, this movie is in the same line. Uh, Eric, correct me if I'm wrong. If this was a John Hughes one, uh, Uncle Buck. Oh man, see, this is all the the good uh, John Candy rules here too. Yes. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, what's it, the Great Outdoors one? No, that's not. That's a John Candy. That's not a John Hughes one. You're doing John Candy stuff now. Yeah. Okay, because these I'm just saying like Uncle Buck and this one was in that category where it came out. I was too busy worrying about Rugrats and Doug and Ren and Stimpy. I didn't care about this movie. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't, it had nothing fun. Like breakfast club had the younger kids and had the angst. So that was something to keep my attraction. This is just two grumpy men. No pun intended with the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that did, that, that never interest a uh, young Jordan. So that's why I never seen the movie. I don't like the movie. I'm just going to come right out and say that. This was oh. a bit more of the adult themed than, a lot of his other ones are a bit more playful, but at the same part, like John Q's has that he did Mr. Mom, right? Mm-hmm. He did 16 candles in breakfast club. So he's building kind of like this theme of being a bit more comical. And this mm-hmm. tends to be a bit more on like a, a dark comedy drama 
it has its ups and downs, but I would say it's a bit more of a black comedy, right? Uh, no, I, I say it's a pretty boring, straight-laced point A to point B story, really. I mean, we've seen this movie before. You've seen this movie before because other movies have taken from this movie. And I would also argue that other movies came out before this, too. They were like this as well. I mean, this ain't... Have any examples? I don't mean to cut you off there, but uh, I I was trying to find it, actually. I'm sure Sarah and I could put our heads together, and there's something out there. John Huston sit there and go, you know what's never been done before? A movie set on Thanksgiving where a guy's trying to get home to his family, but shenanigans ensue. Thanksgiving being the key word there. We've done this at Christmas all the time. Thanksgiving, not so much. Fair enough. I guess that's the only difference is it takes place Thanksgiving. Again, the the black comedy of it is those real situations where mm. Steve Martin, who are you are as the viewer, uh, expected to kind of relate to a little bit more because it's his story. He's trying to get home and everything is just going wrong. And we've had those days where no matter what you do, no matter how hard you're trying, I, I'm just living my life. And things are just going wrong. And it just builds up more and more. That pessimism just kind of builds a bit more until eventually it overflows and you just spill over. But then you have these other characters, like a John Candy, who I think is perfect for this role, where the eternal optimist. He's mm-hmm. just happy-go-lucky. He's, if, if it hits him on his chin, he just smiles and keeps on going, oh, don't worry, at least I, at least I didn't get a body shot kind of a thing. And just maybe it's a bad example. But, you know, he just moves along. He, he tries to find the good in people and, and really just say, hey, well, I, I know this guy here. He owes me a favor. Oh, well, it could always be worse. Oh, oh don't worry about it. We'll just get out of the next one type of thing and just, just chipper about it. And it, it's not until later on that you realize he's the optimist because he's he's already had his darkest day. Which is why I wanted to talk about later because mm-hmm. I was going to shock you guys later. But um, so since we're doing the buddy series, right, for this year's retrospective, I always try to look at, well, since Eric and I are buddies, that's kind of the foundation of this series, right? Yeah. So I always like to see Sarah. I'm going to ask this question every time I ask the last Jordan, time. you're yeah. John Candy. That's what I thought. Exactly. <laughs> Eric was so Steve Martin because I was watching him. I was like, man, some of these things would happen to Eric. And all of a sudden, this random guy comes into his life and just screws it up. And they become best friends. Exactly. exactly. A little bit more that's of a, exactly. the extreme situation, of course. Right. So – out of all the John Hughes movies, then, is this really, for both of you, ranking kind of in the lower part of it? I mean, not to compare, you know, uh, his complete filmography, but, you know, you have National Lampoon, Christmas Vacation, uh, Home Alone, of course, is probably my top, uh, Curly Sue, um, Beethoven. Oh, Baby's so Day Out? That's a fantastic movie. Flubber. <laughs> 101 Dalmatians. Oh, he did a screenplay for these. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. There's there's sort of your classic uh, John Hughes that I think of, which would be like Breakfast Club, 16 Candles, Pretty in Pink, Ferris Bueller. I enjoy those ones. All of his other ones are just sort of eh for me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it stands the test of time, though, right? Ferris Bueller is obviously going to be one that mm-hmm. is is there it's cemented its role in hollywood and that's going to be forever that's that's the star on the walk of fame right there and um going off with everything else all the other like the the lampoons and um that he's he's made but yeah uh, it's it's 
I I like this movie. It, it is a step in the other direction from his others, and I think that's maybe why I liked it. Um, I, I will spoil my stuff. Um, I absolutely hated this movie until the final scene where everything gets revealed about John Candy's past, and I was like, oh, I like this movie. This movie's probably large back now because it all makes sense, and I want to watch it again. And the reason why is because he's that nobody in real life is that happy-go-lucky and cheerful and uh, knows. I mean, this guy knows everybody, right? He's, he's a, a traveling, salesman, yeah. He's a traveling salesman. He knows everybody. So then it's like, oh, my God, he's a traveling salesman, which means he was home, which means he was not home a lot, which means he was always away from his family. He didn't get a chance to. This is his regret. All these emotions come into it, right? And then when he spilled the uh, spilled the beans at the end about what happened to his past, I'm like, oh, I got to watch this movie again. This is interesting because I'm going to see it from a different perspective. This isn't Steve Martin's story. This is John Candy's story. Mm-hmm. That's I would, why I, I completely turned. It does it. hit a bit more when you watch the second time. More, I would say, in the first hotel scene when they have to share the room. And it, yeah, you know what I'm talking about when Steve Martin snaps? Mm-hmm. But he, yeah, but uh, John Candy takes out the picture of the woman. And I was like, okay, something, something's going on with this. And then when he said, I haven't been home in years, it was like, Got it. I, yeah. I know how this ends. It's right. that, that true to form speech where, yeah. as much as Steve Martin doesn't like him, he's sure in his in himself. I like me. My wife likes me. The people around me, like I know that I'm doing something right. I know that I'm living my life cor- my life correct because of the responses that I see from these people. You're you're the outlier. You're the one that's different, and that's on you. That's not on me. Well, here's the thing, though. Was was John Candy really different? I think Steve Martin's just a total ass in this movie, really. I mean, like, I understand, right, because we're not going to go scene by scene. But at the beginning of the movie, he he wants to get out of this meeting so he can go catch his flight. And then chaos ensues, right? Mm-hmm. John Candy didn't have to be nice to this guy at all, right? Like, the, the John Candy just so happened just to be the guy that was around there. And he was being very, very polite the entire time. But at the same part, Steve Martin was willing to just yuck it up to bad luck and, and move on as well when they were waiting for the plane. And right. he's realized that, okay, hey, you're the one that stole my cab. Okay, don't worry about it. Just Let's just move on. And then fate keeps on pairing them together. Mm-hmm. And you could tell that all that Steve Martin wants to do, I, I don't want to deal with this. This is so much extra. I just want to get home. I just want to, by any means necessary, by planes, train, or automobile, and he's trying his his hardest just to do the the, the easiest thing that we could think of, and that's just to get home. But did the life is throwing it in in his way? He was in New York City, right in the beginning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, like after after what they went from New York City, and then they stopped wearing Kansas the plane because Missouri? of the weather. Missouri, I think, which is not that far from Chicago. No, it was a uh, was it like. LaGuardia? Well, I'm asking just from geography standpoint, because, again, if, if you're going to think logically, then this movie doesn't work. But could he just Oh, Wichita, it? Kansas. He went from okay. LaGuardia to Wichita. Uh, Still so not as far away as... Wait a minute, though. That doesn't make any sense. Why would they... Oh, because they said that there was a huge snowstorm in Chicago. That's yeah. why they had to... Yeah, so they go to Kansas, and then they take the train to Missouri, from Missouri to southern Illinois. They take a bus... Halfway through Illinois, they get, yeah, they do a rental car and then they do the milk truck to get to Chicago. Couldn't they just do a rental car in Kansas and just drive? I mean, I'm. No, because there were no rental cars. 
Oh, that's right. No rental cars and no hotels. That's right, because he was swearing at that lady, too. I was shocked at that scene when Steve Martin just starts busting out F this and F that and right. just going to town. I was like, oh, I thought this was a family movie. No, it's man. not a family movie. That, that's Hughes. why I think I, it resonates with me, just because that's a real moment. That's one of those mm-hmm. where I think uh, in a moment, a lot of us would love to just let it out, vent it. But, of course, common courtesy would suggest that we don't. And this is just one of those moments. It's it's a slice of life moment. I well, I lash and... out like that all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, and then Edie McClurg, who does her her typical, um, you know, little spot in a movie where she's just the like annoying neighbor or the annoying person at the the airport or car dealership. Oh, honey, I can't help you today. Sort that's of a good. That's a so good impression. She's. I like that impression. Oh, thank you. That Midwestern, everyone knows it, right? I know she's not the woman in Office Space, but she would be perfect as oh, the. Oh yeah. Thank just you for calling. Just, just, just a moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> that would be perfect for her. No, I was I was shocked that Steve Martin uh, was was swearing like that too. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess I've never seen John uh, Steve Martin movies that often. Um. We also cut back to his uh, children, and uh, the boy looked familiar too to me. Uh, yeah, it's Matthew Lawrence. That's Matthew Lawrence. Why do I? Well, very yeah. young Matthew. The Lawrence brothers, who are very popular in Disney movies, when we were kids, there was two older brothers, and then the little one. There's Joey Lawrence, Matthew Lawrence, mm-hmm. and then the, the younger brother. The one. other one. That's what that was. Yeah. You know, I wish that I lived in the '80s at this at my age now. You know why? 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 Well, I'm just skipping all over the place, but it's like Steve Martin. What? He's not an executive, right? He's like he's just some he's just some guy who works for a company, right? What was that? Toy company? He works for something. He's he's, he's not some like high price. Like an ad exec. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's advertising. When he mm-hmm. finally gets home at the end, it's like look at this mansion. <laughs> look at this typical beautiful. John Hughes uh, right yeah, there. Yeah. There's alone. a theory that this movie is in the Ferris Bueller world, by the way. Because oh. Ferris Bueller's dad is in the New York office. Mm. Ah, okay. okay, but Ferris With... Bueller is in Chicago. Okay. Correct, and Steve Martin also was in New York. Lives in Chicago. Chicago. So... Obviously, they work for you know maybe the same company, and they have to go to New York all the time. And I, I there was a, yeah. That's a fun I'm not theory. gonna Google that and read that that theory for you, but um, yeah, it right. was something based off of uh, what uh, he had said, the character had said in the Ferris Bueller's movies on his way back home. I don't know. Uh, there was one scene earlier on when the two meet, where they say the hotel room, and I actually kind of like believe it as like it could happen scenario where. Uh, Steve Martin goes to bed, you know, and they have the funny odd couple with the sleeping arrangements, you know, and all that slapstick stuff. But one thing that's very uh, that's very true is, like, they go to get breakfast or something the next day, and, like, both of their money is gone and stolen. They were accusing each other of it. Mm-hmm. Well, not the, not each other. Uh, Steve Steve Martin was accusing John Candy. Yes. And I was like, I would so do that right off the bat, right? Be like, hey, where's the money? <laughs> where's my money? Um, and yeah, then they both got robbed. And the money that he said he carried, what Steve Martin said he had like seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and I was like, wow, that's a lot of money. Just it is a lot of money in cash to just be going from New York to Chicago. Right. This was the age of credit cards, right? People, I mean, right? They could have just. Um, I think cash was still more prevalent 
Cash is I was going to say king. back then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they had the machine where you go. Ch -ch. Well, yeah, but it, so? it's it's still it's, easier to pay in cash. Yeah, I guess. So. I mean, the yeah, cash is still always king. And then uh, I don't think a lot of not every place was taking credit cards. No, mm. don't leave home without it though. Well, now. Mm. <laughs> okay, so this movie's bland, and it's and and, and I want to make this a short episode. So, what else? What else? Ha I mean, because it is literally just guys trying to get home, runs into this guy, and shenanigans ensue. I, I mean, <sighs> talk it's, to me here. It's it's I, because the end is what I want to talk about the most. But talk to me here. Well, the other part of it is in the downplay or the uh, any part that they are down on their luck on. It seems that John Candy Dell, the character's name, is the one who kind of bails them out. He he knows the guy. He knows the favor. He knows the trick of the trade. And as much as the downfall that Steve Martin wants to put onto Dell, Dell's the one that bails him out usually. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's right. Dell, which is amazing, he makes his living off of selling um, shower Kurt, curtain rings. Yeah. Yeah, and I found that just absolutely hilarious. And yeah, I actually know I would say that a lot of the bad things that happen is because of Steve Martin, right? Again, like he, he is the eternal uh, Dell's the, the eternal optimist compared to the the pessimist. Very much your your Chris Farley, your David Spade. He's thinking on his feet. He sells shower curtains as ring as earrings to get by. Mm -hmm. I love that. That was such a good hustle, right? He was like, oh, this is. Egyptian blah 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 and whatever he said you know and people are like oh yeah let's do it and at the same part like that's I think the character of it is no matter how often Dell's bailing him out uh Neil excuse me the the Steve Martin character is still like offending him and still being this kind of this dirtbag uh, to him a bit more and I I think it 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 really helps the relationship that we see a bit more just because when you have that moment where Dell realizes, or I'm sorry, where Neil realizes like, Oh, wait a minute. It, you know, it all comes crashing down after, by the way, he gets what he wants, right? When he's on the train home and right. he just is almost kind of showing face to Dell to say, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was good to see you type of thing. All right. Thanks for everything. All right. Bye. Hug gets on the train. And then he's home free. He, he he's at the finish line. He sees it. And then, when all of that worry goes away, he can register what just happened, and I think that's when the 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 John Hughes feelings come in a bit more. And you you analyze the entire trip and be like, oh wait a minute, and I, I think that's a big part of it. But the a lot of the movie, I think I understand why uh, people would be uh, not too receiving on it is just because it's a lot of just bad luck for about an hour hour and a half. Right, and and when we get to the end of the review, because that's what the, the big stuff is, we find out that John Candy says that he's homeless. I don't think he's actually homeless, right? No. Like, he's, no, he just, he's why avoiding. was he in New York? He's avoiding, right? So his wife died eight years prior. Mm -hmm. uh, do we know if he had any children? Was that established? Um, I don't think so, but I think you can assume that he didn't. Yeah. Okay, so okay, so his wife died. We don't know what she died of. Doesn't matter. His wife's dead. So he's been uh, traveling the country for eight years to avoid the realization of her death. Mm -hmm. That's what's going on. Yeah. So, but my, but see now, this is where Jordan gets crazy. Where's the mother? Um, where 
why was he in New York? Just because? Like, I mean, like, I mean, what? It was just a happenstance. He was Coincidence. In New why are any of them in New make York? a movie? Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. So then he just wanted to uh, chum along with Steve Martin because give him something to do. Like, what? Um, I I think he was heading to Chicago. I think he felt guilty initially as well too for stealing the cab. And this is a guy who is more bothered by somebody not liking him than. Well, anything else and his money getting stolen, his car catching on fire, right? I mean, just the series of everything, uh, flight cancellations, overbooking of everything. He's more bothered that this person doesn't like him. That speaks a lot to the character. John Candy's bothered that this guy doesn't like him. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's he doesn't want any enemies. He, he feels that, right, like... Uh, it, the time spent on that that he is left here, it should be, you know, giving people, I don't know, joy maybe. Uh, and he he just feels guilty about the about somebody who just doesn't like him. There are those people that do that exist, right? People who go out of their way just to not yeah, make an enemy. Relationship. Yeah. So I have another question. Hey, go, the movie where, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and then the movie when Steve Martin takes him to his house for Thanksgiving, the classic thing, uh, the movie ends. I mean, do you guys think that John Candy goes back to his home or do you think he starts traveling the country again? Kind of like a what happens after the credits roll scenario. Interesting. I'd be curious what kind of home he has. Does he have you know, home? Right. You know, when he says he's homeless, you know, if you're traveling 363 days a year, why have a house for that extra day? Um, Mm -hmm. If you're just living out of hotels all the time and maybe he's just throwing himself into work so that he doesn't have to have that place where he comes home uh, alone. Well, I I think I don't know. Maybe he buys the house across the street from Steve Martin. (laughs) Yeah, that would be good. I think that Dell never knew how to properly grieve. And mm-hmm. this was an escape. This was his way of saying, I don't need to go home. Because if I go home, it's going to be that memory of my wife. If mm-hmm. if I do the things that remind me of her, it's it's going to just bring it back. So I might as well just stay on the road and pretend like I'm just away. And she's still at home waiting for me. Rather than the the horrid yeah, you know, the the morbid truth, a uh, horrible truth of it, where she's she's gone. So let's. I'd like to think that when he is invited to this home, it's maybe the first time in eight years that he's has any sort of familiar part of a family. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is he can grieve properly now and he can start again. Okay. Yeah. See, this is why this is why I said to myself when I'm watching the movie, boring, boring, boring. Reveal at the end. Oh, this movie's probably large because there's a lot more that we can talk about, right? Because all the shenanigans ensue is is fun and silly and slapstick and ha ha ha. But then knowing that this guy's avoiding, um, this guy's traveling, I just that one kind of hit me a little bit because it was like, oh, that's interesting. Uh, so there's a lot about, more. Could we talk about the cameos in here? Yes, yeah, so let's talk about the cameos. So one of my favorite parts is the car. When they, obviously after they burn the car and it's it, it's torched and they're driving it on the road and they get pulled over, mm-hmm. uh, who is it? Is it Dan Aykroyd that pulls them over? 
Was that it? No. Oh, no. no. Am, am I thinking of uh, Canadian Bacon? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't recognize whoever pulled them over. Uh, oh, it was, it was Michael McKeon. Okay. Who is from oh. SNL. Yeah. Uh, and from John Candy's troupe of, I think he was uh, in that whole Eugene Levy kind of Moranis troupe. Not, not the SCTV, but whatever troupe they were in. He was in Clue. This is Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's famous actor Michael McKeon. He was also in Better Call Saul. I think people mm-hmm. know him from there. But, uh, yeah. Um, do you think this vehicle is safe? Oh, yeah. I think we're... I, I don't know why that cracks me up. Just, I think it's just John Candy's delivery. Of just acting oh, yeah. like nothing's wrong. Oh, I don't... Oh, oh, it's no, just... Nothing here, officer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess there's a lot of like memories, like not memories, but there's a lot of shenanigans that I would think that would happen if you and I were in that situation. You know, you're like, hey guys, what's what's going on with the burnt car? What burnt car? What are you talking about? <laughs> this is this is this is European. It yeah. it is a good bit that John Candy does because again, I'm reminded of Katie and Bacon when um, the Michael Moore movie when they were having the big truck and they wrote Canada sucks and all the bad stuff on Canada, you know, and they're driving through Canada and they get pulled over by Dan Aykroyd. And he's just like, Hey, you know why I pulled you over? So, oh no, I don't see why officer. It's like, oh, because we have a law here in Canada that for any English, you have to write in French as well too. So that's hilarious. <laughs> um, the last little, uh, joke for me with this, uh, burnt car cop scene remind me of dumb and dumber pull over. What? Pull over. No, it's a cardigan, but thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thought that with John Candy uh, with this. Um, okay, help me out here, guys. <laughs> help do me out. You, uh, do you know who was originally slated to play these two characters? I do not know. Tell me. All right. John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for uh, Steve Martin's role mm-hmm. and John Travolta for the role of Del Griffith. Oh, my God. What do you think? Tom Hanks and John Travolta instead of John Candy and Steve Martin? I don't know if back then John Travolta could play aloof. Now John Volta, John Travolta. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I don't think John Travolta has the comedic chops uh, to to play this role. Really? And uh, like the level the lovable reverse uh, comedic chops. Yeah, maybe reverse it, but at the same part they he played uh, what's it? Uh, uh, Welcome back, Cotter. Right, but he was also in Michael. Let's move on from John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's come your, on, it's your big one there. I, I'm I, just saying. I again, I oh, so is it really like through all all this? Was there redemption for for you as well, Sarah? At the end of this, uh, just like Jordan was saying, through this this chore of a movie for an hour of watching. Uh, the the misfortune of events happen to these characters. Was there any part at the end where you're just like, okay, I get it, or I I know it was <laughs> easy for you to call the entire time. It was, it was. Like I said, I I had figured out something was wrong with the wife pretty early, um, and I I mean it's not a bad movie, but it's I wouldn't say it was my favorite one, but I I also wouldn't say like it needed to be redeemed at the end for me. Um, cause I thought, you know, it was a solid eighties movie, you know, buddy movie. I think we've seen, a, like Jordan yeah. said, we've seen it before. Yeah. Um, but again, yeah. a lot of movies took from it. Did you mm-hmm. stick around for the post credit scene? I think we turned it off before the post credit scene. 
There's a there's a post credit scene. Yep, that's right. Marvel stole all of it from post credits. I believe it. What was the post credit scene? Post credit is um, the ad executive, Mr. Bryant, still in his office with the Thanksgiving dinner in front of him, <laughs> and still still staring at the yeah, the ads. Still oh, still funny. deciding. On that's the funny. Um. Okay, so. <laughs> Tell me about some more shenanigans, because we're only thirty minutes in here. Uh, what what else we got? <laughs> I mean, but that's—I don't want to, you know, say that that's it, but that's that's kind of that's it. That's kind of what it. it what it is. It's just again, just the one bad thing rolling into into the other, and I, I anything else I think is just just kind of the smaller part of the of the bigger theme. It's right. This is all just. It it would be better written as a short story. No, I no, I actually kind of disagree with you on that. I mean, I think this movie's a good, you know, buck thirty is good. Um, it's just if if I would see this movie when it came out, maybe my opinion would be different. You know what I mean? But because we've seen so many movies like this, like we established in the beginning of the episode, uh, I was very full the arms, been here, done this, you know, kind of thing. The reason why so. though is because they're taking the small thing and they stretch it. So a good example would be when they the first time that Neil was and they landed in Wichita and they have to have that line, that long line of him on the phone trying to find a hotel or a car rental. And mm-hmm. that's that's a stretched out thing. Other movies would make it quick. One line, hang up the phone. Right. I can't believe it. And throw away, move on to the next scene, to the next situation. But I feel like they really show kind of how how desperate people are in that area because they show the line they show the looks on people's faces they show the smaller interactions through those cameos that we that we see through a lot of them uh like the taxi driver for instance right uh, like that's that's a, a very awkward situation where you're in a oh, i don't know a um a hoopty I don't, I, what would you call that thing's got hydraulics on it like it's, it's a it's it a car. Something. Yeah. What did Steve Martin pay that uh, pay that yuppie like seventy dollars to get the cab? Oh, in the yeah. in the beginning. Yeah, yeah it starts it, like, oh, I'll give you twenty bucks. Well, if you give me twenty, you'll take fifty. Yeah. Oh, what about seven? Yeah, I think it was like seventy bucks. It was like seventy bucks. Like this guy has a lot of money. He has seven hundred dollars in cash. He's flying from New York to Chicago. He gives some guy seventy dollars. And he lives in a mansion, and that house probably cost thirty thousand. It's like Back giving then. almost two hundred dollars. Yeah, today. yeah. It's it's, it it's like, a lot. Yeah, it's uh, a lot. But right, so that's small. And while that's going on, we we get the taxi cab. It's actually being the start of it. Right, is Dell right. loading up and having mm-hmm. just um, you know. What does he know? These two people are just having a conversation on the side of the road. He's he's available. He's it was innocent. Okay, so question for both of you. Put yourselves in this situation. The beginning happens to you, right, to a certain mm-hmm. degree. You get a cab, somebody takes it, and then you just so happen to see that person that stole your cab at the airport, right? You move on. Didn't they sit next to each other, too, in the airplane? Yeah, right? they did. That happens to you, too. And then, you know, because of the weather, blah, blah, blah. They sit next to the old man from Home Alone, where Kevin's mom has to bargain uh, plane tickets. The dangly okay. ones, you know, the <laughs> remember well, his throwaway line. Yeah, 
I would, I would, I still would have said no. Maybe that's just because of this day and age. I'm curious what you guys would have said. So you then go to a phone and you try to get a hotel room and you can't because of everything going on. And this guy that's been around you this whole day is like, hey, I know a guy. We can get a cab together and we can go get a hotel room. I don't think I still would have gone with that guy. I think I would have stayed at the airport. I probably right? would have. Right? Well, the cut to the man sleeping in the airport mm-hmm. next to the trash can which is uh, not the best. I've slept in an airport before. Yeah. It's not the best. No. So. Well, also, what's not the best is waking up the next day in a bathtub full of ice and your kidney's gone. So, you know, sleep next to a well, trash can. Or... More, more. Uh, it would be more that something got stolen from you in the airport, which is ironic because you got something stolen from him in the hotel. Um, which, again, that shower scene, by the way, it's like, what person doesn't go into the in the bathroom in the shower and like prep everything beforehand I, you gotta well, prep yeah exactly so you're surprised that there's no towels for you it's like would you, you just jump in there just not even looking for a towel right like, that's the first you thing prep. you do you gotta yeah i, you, I, have I prep. you have to make sure everything's good look in the sink you just you gotta be like oh good there's a sink full of water i'm not gonna check it's it's full of socks you didn't see that dirty you, underwear you didn't smell that yeah. What was that was that John Candy's underwear? Was that what that yes, was? Yes, it was. Some whitey tighties. Nice. Yep, right. first thing in the morning. Best way to wash wash your face. And, uh, I'll wake you up. <laughs> hey, I can't wait till we're... Hey, you're almost 40, dude. You get to get a pair of those now. The whitey tighties? He's, he's a dad. You've been wearing them for years, right, Jordan? No, 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 no. It's 40. Oh, okay. Yeah, dad... <laughs> When you're a dad, you get dad's shoes. When you hit mm. 40, you get the whitey tidies. You know what's great about the whitey tidies, Sarah? They're, reverse, they're reversible. Right. You, yeah. right. <laughs> and then when you're 70, you get the gray shoes with the Velcro. <laughs> oh, man, I can't wait for that. Right. Eric, aren't you You already for... wear sh- slip-on shoes. Correct. Well, well yeah. I, my, my best friend Jordan here got me some Hey Dudes. And I was That's rocking right. those. Out. I was rocking those yesterday, bud. Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Don't worry, Sarah. You're going to get a pair yourself. <laughs> they make hey dudes for women. Yeah. Yes. Hey dudettes? Uh-huh. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, no, so when you turn 40 this year, right? You're turning 40 this year. Uh, prepare yes. to get a pair of uh, I am. Whitey She's Tidy Hanes. Yeah. yeah. Whitey Tidy Hanes are coming in the mail for you, bud. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's, Just so you know. that's going to be amazing. I can't wait to show those off every time I bend over to plug something in. Well, I can just I can just hear you say, Sarah, they're great, they're reversible. Um, so, then you get to start doing your laundry, man. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So a question though, <laughs> um, is is this just a, a, a stupid gag uh, with the whole underwear in the sink thing, or is this them? Or is this John Hughes trying to tell us still that hey, this guy is homeless, that kind of thing? Or is yeah, this he's just doing a gag? his laundry in the sink? It's, it's... Well, why couldn't he do his laundry at the at the because he's laundry. he's used to well not all hotels have laundry uh but he's used to just living by himself in a hotel so like if okay. that's his kind of you know at the end of the day when you get to your hotel you rinse out your socks and undies in the sink and he just did his thing and went to bed he wasn't even thinking that oh yeah hey i have to take into account there's this other person here and i okay. i will say that they're actually if you are traveling for work there are tricks that you do learn in, in the hotel. One of them I, I think is a, a very common one that if you, instead of ironing or, or dry cleaning, that if you were to take your suit and put it in the bathroom and then mm-hmm. put on the shower, it make mm-hmm. it a real, real hot, steamy shower, then mm-hmm. it presses the suit for you instead of having, yep. yeah. Steams out your wrinkles. Yeah. Got it. 
So kind of well, little tricks like that that I'm sure the traveling salesman would know. Mm. Oh, I think it's time for a popcorn ratings, right? Um, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Um, I was saying a few times in this episode, and I was saying to myself when I watched the movie, I don't like this. Oh, I do like it now because of the ending. I want to give it a large. But in reality, you know, it's a medium, in my opinion. It's it's fine. It is a great Uncle Buck uh, turn on Sunday morning while you're cleaning the house kind of movie. Um, uh, nothing's really memorable. Like, there's no, like, gags. Like in like Dumb and Dumber, as we established, or whatever, like where you remember lines and scenes as much, in my opinion. Okay. It's not as, it's not as quotable, I would say. Um, I was not impressed with hardly anything that was like, oh, this is a great idea. I just, yeah, lukewarm with it. It's a medium. It's a medium bag of popcorn. So, uh, Eric. What is your popcorn rating? Uh, I still will have to give it a medium. This is I do like this movie. It's not the best John Hughes movie. It it is a very good John Candy movie. I will say. I I know that uh, some people in here don't like John Candy, but he is a he has got a lot of range. And this is a movie where he delivers a, a very poignant line of that speech where he's you know I like me, my wife likes me. That that's a good line. In the same part of. Uncle Buck uh, that John Hughes writes so well and the reason why John Candy just nails it. Uh, the part in Uncle Buck that I was talking about is there's a part when he's on the couch kind of lamenting to his dog a bit and, and saying, um, oh man, you know, uh, uh, Buck, man, you, you got the life figured out, man. You got, you know, you no kids, you work when you want, you know, you got all this and oh man, it, it, life must be great. And then there came a time when they stopped saying that when you got older and you know, that's, it's, it's a life that is worth living if you choose to live it rather than have it, I don't know, just kind of just play out just in, in uh, the repeat of the same day over and over again. And I, I just like the way John Candy really plays his characters. He's, He's a lovable guy. He, he really is. And I, I that laugh, that smile, and the way that he can get serious and angry at the same part, I, I, he's just, he made this movie for me. I'm not a fan of Steve Martin so much in a lot of his things. I understand why people like him in his comedy, and I think he plays a very uh, typecasted role in, in this, John, uh, I'm sorry, Steve Martin, uh, whereas John Candy just kind of plays... A John Candy role. It's it again. It's not as funny as is the other movies. Is maybe a National Lampoon. Um, it's still, it's a medium. I still want to share the uh, the Hughes verse theory with all of you. Um, how like Ferris Bueller's tied in with this movie and Home Alone, and I think they threw in weird science in there too. It's it's a uh, weird thing how they have it written up. I don't know. A la how Pixar is all related to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, just those little things that they that they throw in there. But yeah, I would agree. This is like a once a year kind of a movie. Mm. Same with Home Alone. Probably I would watch it once a year during a holiday. Uh, if it's on TV, maybe uh, this movie is funny, censored on TV. But uh, that's that's kind of what it is for me. All right, Sarah, what is your popcorn rating for planes, trains, and automobiles? I'm also going to give it a medium. Um, it's a, 
you know, it's not a bad movie. Uh, I like Steve Martin. I don't love John Candy, but I see, you know, the point of him in this movie. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of the the expected shenanigans of of an 80s buddy comedy trying to get from point A to point B. Um, I I don't have a lot to say about it. <laughs> I Okay, I still get choked up when I watch this movie, to be honest with you. I think I got, uh, Sarah caught me in, into that part too. And it's, it's that hotel scene, which I repeat again. And it's the part when Steve Martin walks, when he cycles back through the train to find Dell sitting on that bench by himself and mm-hmm. like his head down and the way that Dell just I'm getting almost choked up just thinking about it right now the way that he just looks up at the, I think he just nails that look John Candy really right. deserved a lot more and right. um, yeah no I I thought it was I thought it was a brilliant move that's why I turned on the movie in a positive way because I was just like oh this movie's going this direction oh okay like this isn't just some stupid thing I get it so that's why I kind of was like oh yeah Interesting. I'm digging it. Well, that concludes our second episode for the retrospective of the buddy of the buddy series. I, I screwed up last week and I said buddy comedy. It's not a buddy comedy series. It's the buddy series. Yes. All right. All right. Yeah. Because, so, uh, yeah, it's going to be a few that are not so funny. The hilarious no. comedy of Thelma and Louise. Hey, I thought it was funny. <laughs> they could have been flying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That bar scene, buddy. Yeah, that's. Hey, we're hey, all we're gonna laugh at. Not your, not your bad Friday Hated, night. What? I've never <laughs> seen it. Oh, Ooh. you're gonna love this one. You're gonna love this one. Well, thank you so much, everybody, for downloading this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. You can check us out at MovieGuysPodcast.pombe.com or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on Eric and Sarah. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be back next Thursday for another awesome episode. Have a good night. A lot better. Oh, it's snowing out. It was. Uh, it's, it's bright and sunny over here. here. Yeah. yeah, it's snowing out. Yeah, I have this uh, Loma Linda's uh, boss, if you will, and mm-hmm. I put coffee in that so I can sit here and talk to you guys about planes, trains. I think there's some automobiles in that. Yeah, um, it's funny. You're letting that coffee, uh, that coffee breathe a bit. Is that why uh, <sighs> you have that there? Uh, no, literally because we're doing the show and I'm in the office and I have a whole pot. So I'm like, what am I going to do with this pot? I got to put it in something so I can keep on giving myself uh, refills, if you will.